The following program is brought to you by Norma Johansson Ministries. Welcome to Overcome Heartbreak Because You Can with your host, Norma Johansson. Norma had no plans to write a book until God specifically called her to share God's healing power with anyone who has a broken heart. Overcome Heartbreak Because You Can starts now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in and joining me today. My name is Norma Johansson, author of the book, Overcome Heartbreak Because You Can. Today, we'll begin our study series of the book in Chapter 7, Finding My Way Back to Me. We will be talking about how I recovered my new and true identity after divorce. I'll be pausing here and there so you, our listeners, can think about what is being shared today. But before we get started, let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord God, I ask that you speak through my mind, speak through my lips, that I speak what you have to say. And even if I misspeak, you cause these precious listeners to hear what you have to say. Holy Spirit, we invite you into the broadcast today. Let the anointing flow through the airwaves like the holy fire, healing every soul and broken heart. We thank you, Father God, for the testimonies of healing and restoration that will be manifested through your healing power. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's get started. After such disruption and chaos in our lives, like me, you, our listeners, may be asking, how do I get back to feeling like my old self again? Well, truth is you don't, and neither do I. The old me and the old you are now gone forever. And that in itself is great news. Why? because the layers of hurt and pain have been peeled off of us, making room for the new life. We are now changed for the better. When we accept this truth, we accept our new identity. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Behold, new things have come, because spiritual awakening brings a new life. The question here is not how can we find our way back to our old self, but the more important question is how do we begin to embrace the new you, the authentic new you? Here's some steps that helped me. Step one, self-reflection is important, like knowing we are no longer bound to hurt and pain. Believing we are not dependent, ashamed, fearful, and no longer living every day with triggers. Step two, personal vision is important, to see and embrace the new you. We have to begin to declare this for ourselves, that we are out of the pit of despair and sadness. Step three, believe with our whole hearts and minds that we are confident, confident by ourselves, without anyone else's approval or opinion. Let's pause here for just a moment to think about this. When God gave me the title to this chapter, Finding My Way Back to Me, I had no idea I would be sharing this next part of my self-discovery journey with you, our listeners. The only reason is because I had long forgotten this part of my healing. This is another layer that had to be peeled off of me before I could get to the real authentic me. Let me take us back to the beginning of my healing journey. I shared with you early on that I had surrendered too much of myself for the sake of becoming one in the marriage. Well, this distorted surrender caused my soul to be in a place of an imprisoned will. My free will, my soul, had been dictated by the moods and desires of someone else other than myself. Perhaps you, our listeners, have done the same unawares. With the self-reflection, you, our listeners, will now discover this truth for yourself. Through licensed counseling, I learned that I made a serious personal decision to clog the flow of who I am from my heart and spirit with this surrender. Today I see that I was suffocating then, but I didn't know it. I see now that a huge part of me was struggling. A part of me wanted to escape my old crash and burn life and start over. 
Deep down, for reasons unknown to me at that time, I felt the marriage had run its course. There was the inner struggle going on in my heart and my soul of wanting to stay and move on at the same time. The wavering confusion was a prison. There was a small voice deep inside me, sugar-coated with love, an illusion of freedom. Let's dive in, shall we? In general, we often think of healing for our broken hearts as one thing. Yet there are two parts to our healing, as I learned through licensed counseling. Part one, the healing of our hearts and spirits as one unit. Part two, the healing of our souls, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions as one. So it's imperative to understand that our soul has been dominated to some degree by the person we were married to or had a long-term relationship with. The word soul is mentioned 97 times in the Bible, which tells me that the soul is an important part of who we are. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. The dictionary defines the word stronghold as a place dominated, in this case by a particular person. A stronghold keeps us tied to another person's feelings, mind, and will outside of our own. The focus now is to disconnect or sever the strongholds from the ex or the person with whom we were in a long-term relationship. Let's pause for just a moment and think about this. We're all working in different levels of prison, but we do get set free. For me, in the course of 17 years of marriage, there were times when I gave up my free will totally. Many times when I strongly disagreed with a decision, I surrendered only to keep the peace, but at my expense. Little did I know that the cost of my surrendered freedom was adding up behind an invisible iron gate. During that time, I had no idea to what degree I was surrendering my free will over and over. As enormously sad as this all sounds to me now, I gave in for someone else to have their way. In the process, I suppressed a part of me that has a right to exercise free will and emotions. Here's a quote from a famous peacemaker leader. To deprive a man of his natural liberty is starvation of the soul. Looking back, I chose to agree with the other person's thinking and emotions on most important issues. I began to realize what was happening over the years, yet I felt helpless to do something about it. It turns out this unhealthy, surrendered will had become a lifestyle. As I now reflect, I see how most decisions that I agreed to in the relationship were based on narcissism and definitely not based on the Word of God. Don't judge me, but I can sense that you may or may not be wondering, how can I agree to or not agree to a decision that is contrary to the Word of God? Well, that's where the inner struggle was going on in my heart and my soul. Earlier, I shared that I was in a personal prison of wavering confusion within myself. Not that the decisions were extremely worldly, but unless I underhandedly negotiated a benefit for the other person, then and only then I could get some of my free will exercise for my life. Now I realize this underhanded lifestyle is contrary to the Word of God, almost on the dark side. Perhaps you too, our listeners, have also succumbed to surrendering your free will to where you felt trapped or suffocated to some degree. In the aftermath or divorce or breakup, the truth uncovers it all for us. The good news is that we get set free, free to be ourselves again. With the help of my licensed counselor and pastoral care counseling, I identified and cleansed out the soul ties. Medicine and licensed counseling are also very crucial to our healing. Let me share with you, our listeners, what helped me so you too can get set free. For me, I had no choice but to change my old lifestyle. 
I took refuge in God and His Word to get back to that place of peace. Here's what the Word of God says in Psalms 11, 1. In the Lord I take refuge and put my trust. Think about all this for just a moment. Next, I will share about how I received freedom and healing from the strongholds and was set free. Here are some steps that helped me tremendously. Step 1. I addressed the soul of the tie of my mind by setting a healthy boundary and access to me personally. Reading the Word of God every day, twice a day. Step 2. I addressed the soul tie of my will by making intentional choices of my free will. The most important choice was I chose not to love the person who broke my heart in a relationship love. Step 3. I addressed the soul tie of my emotions by disconnecting and disassociating myself from the person in order to minimize triggers. The theory out of mind, out of sight is what I was working here. Step 4. I choose not to have conversations or listen to the person who broke my heart during healing and drown out their feedback, opinion, or advice. Step 5. For me, at night I was always reading on neuroscience for knowledge on the physical effects. Also reading Christian authors who teach us warfare and victory and how to fight in the spirit. To be completely honest, it was the living word of God and my growing relationship with God that set me free in my mind, my thoughts, and my free will. I had to build myself up again by God's saving grace. Here's the key. We have to believe and wait and stand steadfast on the word of God even when we don't feel healed or freed just yet. The Word of God is spirit-filled and powerful. The Word of God does the healing from the inside out, first in our minds, then drops into our hearts. I found when our spirit is strengthened, it sustains us. This is found for us in Proverbs eighteen fourteen: The spirit of a man sustains him in sickness, but as for a broken spirit, who can bear it? This verse right here tells me and you, our listeners, to fill our hearts with good treasures. This is found in Matthew 12:35. The good man from his inner good treasure brings out good things, and the evil man from his inner evil treasure brings out evil things. So you, our listeners, hear that the consecrated godly process of healing our souls is not only of ourselves, but of the Word of God that refreshes and restores our souls. This is found for us in Psalm 23:3. He refreshes and restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Let's think about this for a moment. Next, I will be sharing steps and keys to set us free in detail. May I submit for your consideration to get a copy of the book so you, our listeners, can use the steps and keys over and over to help you set free from toxic thoughts, triggers, and have a cleansed soul. If and when triggers do come, and you, our listeners, know that they will, we simply repeat the steps of thought replacement with the Word of God. May I remind us that triggers come from our thoughts, which produce strong feelings and emotions. When we repeat the thought replacement with the Word of God, the triggers simply disappear and are gone forever. I am sharing all of this with you, our listeners, because this worked for me, and I believe this will work for you too. Now let's take a look at the refining steps I used to get my soul healed with the help of the Holy Spirit. First, I would like to remind you, our listeners, to pursue peace as this is clearly found for us in Psalm 34, 14. Seek peace and pursue it. Ready? Let's get started. Step 1. Return to our personal peace. The beginning point of all effective healing is an awareness of our soul, as I discovered. The first step was to find rest within myself and to be relaxed in my mind and my emotions. 
The key is returning back to a place of perfect peace as I began to seek truth and clarity for myself. There are benefits to pursuing peace, outlined in detail in the book as well. How I did this was first by spending quiet intentional time with God, allowing God to speak to me. This quiet time alone also included feeding my mind with God's word to replace toxic and negative thoughts and find rest. This is found for us in Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for my souls. To be honest, I used to avoid being alone with my thoughts only because I knew negative thoughts, memories, or triggers would come up. Then I discovered an eye-opening awareness. Here it is. Listen carefully now. I found that when I am in perfect peace and negative thoughts or triggers would come up, this is just an indicator of what thoughts and triggers need to be transformed. Nothing more. We can then focus on correcting these thoughts and triggers with the steps we have been talking about. Isn't that amazing? The very thing I avoided is actually the measure of my healing. Let's think about all this for just a moment. Next is you, our listeners, like me, may have to go over the steps several times. Let's continue. This next step is vital and a must in order to be completely and permanently healed and free. Listen carefully. Now here we go. Step one, forgive to be set free. For me, this step was to get cleansed of all unforgiveness in my heart. Unforgiveness, I found, is toxic and breeds contempt and strife in our hearts. Both unforgiveness and the toxic thoughts needed to be expelled and my soul purified. How I did this part was by making an intentional decision to forgive myself first, then forgive the person who broke my heart. Here are some keys for us. Key one. Forgiveness is a choice. In the absence of exercising my free will, I took a part in the prison I had allowed. This part of not owning my free will, I had to take personal responsibility for. In turn, I had to forgive myself for not owning my own free will. Next, I had to make an intentional decision to forgive the person who broke my heart for many things. How I did this for myself? Well, I declared out loud, I forgive you for breaking my heart and abandoning me. I forgive you for walking away from the 17 years of marriage because of your own challenges. I forgive you for your narcissism. I forgive you for making false statements and gossiping behind my back and pretending to be a nice Christian person. Key 2. Forgiveness is definitely not a one-time fix, but a process I had to forgive many times over with tears streaming down my face. Many times, all alone in the quiet stillness of my mind, I chose to forgive. I had to get to the core of the deepest part of me that did not want to truly forgive. The part of me that kept saying it was the other person's fault completely. He was the head of the house and he could have done his part. Key three, I asked God to forgive me for holding on to unforgiveness and toxic thoughts. What set me free was totally surrendering all of this completely to God. Letting go of the blame and self-blame. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I had the courage to forgive and let go. Letting go is key. In the end of this total forgiveness exercise, I discovered the only prisoner of unforgiveness was me. Here's a pastoral advice from a famous pastor. Forgiveness doesn't mean going back to an unhealthy relationship or an unsafe situation. Forgiveness doesn't mean automatically put trust in people. Forgiveness means putting your trust in God to heal you and restore you. Let's think about this for a moment. Next is letting go. Step three, 
letting go of all the personal regrets I had from my crashed and burned life. I had to let go of the regret of losing the 17-year marriage to divorce, the regret of wishing things were different, the regret of disappointments, the regret of my own mistakes, the other person's mistakes, the constant state of living in the past regret. I had to let go all of it, the could have, should have, would have, running rapid in my head. Here are three keys for us on how I face my regrets. Key one, I looked at these regrets head on by talking about them and facing them. I was able to let them go. With a fierce burning in my spirit, I released all the regrets and made a decision, an intentional decision, that only I could make. Key two, I decided to accept a divorce, accept a mistake, accept that things were what they are, accept that I made mistakes, accept that I am divorced. In one of the counseling sessions, I said this out loud. I let it go now, all of it, and I will never revisit regret again. The mere sound of my own voice and the release of these words set me free. I felt it. I sensed it. I experienced it. Freedom on another level. More layers of hurt and pain had been peeled off of me. Key three. Then I asked God to forgive me for holding on to regrets. I discovered then and only then that the only prisoner of regret was me. I discovered that regret had robbed me of my life today. Regret had disabled and paralyzed me from moving forward in my life. My regrets had attempted to keep me trapped. Please don't let this happen to you. May I strongly urge us not to linger too long on regret like I was then. Living every day with regret is a waste of time, as I now see clearly. Let go of regrets now, and you will find, like I did, that the only true regret you'll have is not letting go of the regret sooner. A quote from a famous Bible teacher is this, Whatever shame is causing you to cower and be bowed under to think less of yourself than you should is a lie being whispered in your ear by the enemy of your soul. Let's think about all this for just a moment. I found that I was not aware of hidden regrets until we hear how to let go of regret. So the next step is step four, getting freed from burdens. The divorce had taken the wind out of myself, temporarily weighing me down with burdens. These burdens hit themselves in negative emotions and guilt about what happened to me. Every day, shame, guilt, condemnation about the divorce taunted my thoughts and attempted to keep me broken. The weight of shame caused me to temporarily cower. Condemnation was causing me to feel less of myself because I was divorced. Here's what I did to help me. Step one, by identifying these lies with the help of the Holy Spirit, I began to eliminate these toxic emotions and feelings from my soul. In my healing journey, I had already confronted with a thorough examination of my thought lives, so at this point, I had a stronger resolve. Step two, cleansing and purifying and replacing the toxic emotions with what the Word of God says, who I am, by declaring out loud is an important step. No one could do this for me except me. Step three, positive declarations replace toxins when we memorize them, say them, and believe who we are in Christ, even when we do not quite feel it yet. Here's what I declared over myself. I am made in the image of Christ. I am a masterpiece. I am royalty. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am a child of the Most High God. These were my personal declarations that I began to say about myself, for myself, to myself. Perhaps you, our listeners, have your own personal declarations. These words of who I really am in Christ began to go from my mind into my heart. This is found for us in Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. 
Let's think about all this for just a moment. The next and last but very important step is building ourselves up again. This is our comeback. By now, you, our listeners, may have discovered the very life-giving purpose for the Word of God throughout the pages of the book and radio broadcast. This is found for us in Psalm 119.28. Renew and strengthen me according to the promises of your Word. May I remind you, our listeners, the very Word of God renews our minds and builds the foundation of who you, our listeners, authentically are on the inside. For me, I always listen to God's songs and sing along. God inhabits our praises. He comes to meet us right where we are. Once you, our listeners, get a revelation of this, by the help of the Holy Spirit, worshiping God will never be the same to you. It's powerful and transforming for us. This is found for us in Psalm 22.3. God inhabits the praises of his people. The new authentic version of you, our listeners, is now more secure, confident, and living from a place of peace. Transformation has been taking place even while listening to the radio broadcast. Why? Because our foundation is built on the Word of God. Let's now see ourselves as more confident and secure in who you, our listeners, are. Begin again to love yourself. Feel good about yourself. Feel good in your own skin. Feel good about who you, our listeners, really are. All of these, I found, are choices we make in our own minds, regardless of any opposing feelings. I also discovered through licensed counseling, the moment we made the decision in our minds, a shift happens in our hearts. Then our feelings will follow. Let's get excited about this very fact that we rebuild ourselves, a new authentic self, in our new life. This is found for us in Luke six forty-eight. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the storm beat violently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the solid rock. After going through all these steps and process that I have shared in the first seven chapters of the book, this moment right here is when I personally remember being completely healed. No longer did I feel pain or hurt. No longer did I feel sad. No longer did I feel defeated. No longer did I feel triggers go off in my mind. No more old thoughts were playing in my mind. Suddenly one morning after one year, I woke up to a regular day. This day, I found total peace and assurance that my broken heart was healed. I knew it. I just knew it. My emotions were at an established rest. There was clarity in my mind and a huge sense of freedom like I had not felt in a very long time. Personal freedom in my mind, my will, and my emotions. The real authentic me showed up in the process. I am healed permanently, and so will you, too. Our listeners will experience total and complete healing in your heart. Remember, healing is a process. Engage in your healing and don't give up. Keep moving forward. Well, we believe this has been a very fulfilling time with you, our listeners, sharing the process steps of finding our way back to the real authentic us. Thank you so much to our listeners for joining us today. Please feel free to contact me or the ministry, Norma Johansson Ministries, with comments or questions regarding our study today. Send me a direct message on social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or if you are in need of prayer, please call our ministry prayer line at 832-795-1009. Leave us your prayer requests. You can also send us your prayer requests at njministries at yahoo.com. We will pray for you. Join us again next week on the study series of the book, Overcome Heartbreak Because You Can. We'll continue our study series in Chapter 8, titled, What's Next? I will continue to share with you, our listeners, the process that helped me get healed so that you too can get completely healed. You, our listeners, do not have to go the long and hard road to healing. Take care now and see you back real soon. 
You've been listening to Overcome Heartbreak Because You Can, brought to you by Norma Johansson Ministries. You can get a copy of the book in hardback, paperback, Kindle, or audio on Amazon to follow along with the study series based on the book. If you're in need of prayer, please call our ministry prayer line at 832-795-1009. Leave us your prayer request. Join us again next Sunday at 2.30 p.m. here at FM 100.7 KKHT. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Grace Fellowship Church, a church who cares and prays for people. Grace Fellowship offers support with ministries for children, young adults, and adult support in difficult times. Come grow with Grace Fellowship Ministries, located at Cinco Ranch Campus, 2655 South Mason Road, Katy, Texas, 77450. Give them a call today at 281-646-1903.